Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and today I want to talk about some current events, things going on. I want to talk about Russia and the war in Ukraine, and here's the reason why. Because um, I have recently stumbled upon some information that links uh, the papacy much more strongly uh, involved in this, in this conflict between the two. And once the papacy gets involved, you, you no longer have you no longer have just a, a a war you have you have something something deeper so now many times this has happened in history obviously the papacy has been behind almost every war if not every war probably in the last couple hundred years but definitely at least every war of the 20th century at least ones that involved the United States and many of the European powers there's a book out there by Avro Manhattan called Vietnam, Why Did We Go? That talks about that. Uh, talks about Vietnam, World War II, World War I. They are also discussed in books like Edmund Paris, uh, The uh, Secret History of the Jesuits, as well as The Vatican Against Europe. And much more books by Avro Manhattan. In fact, almost... Uh, Almost every almost every volume by Avro Manhattan links the papacy with uh, with some kind of of nefarious activity going on, usually involved in wars. Uh, so the papacy has been involved with killing people. And now here's the thing about Russia. So Russia represents communism. Communism uh, is the the outgrowth of the philosophy of atheism, militant atheism manifests itself in the government of communism that's what we see in france when when atheistic france they were mob rule they were full 100 percent democracy no republicanism even though they claimed to be a republic they were set up that way but they they had the sun culotte and the mob rule and they were constantly having riots and protests and everything else and there was lots of mass bloodshed we looked at that in depth, and you see that the Russians, even the Bolsheviks, they were singing. They were singing the same songs of the French Revolutionary War. They sung it in French, and then they sung a a Russian one, the Bolsheviks, when they took over. So they took they took the same philosophy, the Paris Commune, and they enhanced it. They made it more uh, more atheist, more communist, I guess, than the de-Christianization version of, of what happened during the French Revolution. And so communism is the type of government that comes from the philosophy, the overall philosophy of atheism. That's the government that it manifests itself. The science, the science and or religion, if you have, if you will, uh, that it manifests itself in as well is evolution. So evolution, atheism leads to communism, leads to socialism and communism. They're all the same things. Socialism is really just a bridge doctrine that brings you to communism. I mean, how do you know? Because if you if you actually are willing to go back and study what Karl Marx and what Frederick Engels actually wrote about this stuff. They considered themselves socialists when they when they were having their discussions with Moses Hess, the man who convinced them to be socialists. 
that's what they called themselves, socialists. So this whole socialist versus communist thing is, uh, is a moot point. They're the same thing. They're the same thing. Now, the governments might manifest themselves in different ways, like in China. China is a, a clearly a very communist country, but they allow capitalism, a controlled version of capitalism, but they allow a type of capitalism for the economy because their economy would just be, um, it doesn't work. Uh, socialist, socialist societies never work for the economy, ever. Um, but the reason why I wanted to talk about Russia is because the papacy is involved and because Russia represents the spiritual kingdom of the king of the south. The king of the south represented by atheism, represented by represented by communism, the outgrowth of atheism. Then you have the papacy on the other side representing the king of the north. And they are more and more involved and they have a lot to say towards each other. And actually even Putin he's he said some things about about being a Christian and things like that. But I want to read to you guys uh, first a quote to establish a principle here so that we understand something. In the last days, we are taken th through the eyes of John. We are taken to what the last days look like and who are the party members involved. And we have, we have the, the woman who is sitting on the scarlet-covered beast, and she's in the wilderness. In other words, she's in obscurity. So whereas in the Dark Ages it was very clear that the papacy was in control, now in the last days she would still be in control. The woman still rides the beast, but she's in the wilderness. She's in obscurity. It's not, it's not always clear except for those who have the lens to see. Those who have eyes to see can see it clearly. Um, but I want to establish a principle here, and this is from Revelation chapter 18, verse 24. It says, and in her, that is the papacy, was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. So when we see a lot of people dying, like COVID-19, like uh, what's going on right now between Russia and Ukraine, we, we have to take a step back and say, well, prophetically, the Bible's telling me that the, the papacy is involved in this. So why would the papacy be involved in this? Well, anybody who's been listening to this radio program for any amount of time knows, and anybody who's been paying attention and looking at some of the stuff, the not-so-conspiratorial views, very out-and-open views coming from the World Economic Forum, in, in regards to the Great Reset. Well, the Great Reset didn't take place. Uh, the COVID cult seems to be wearing off. And... The papacy, the Jesuits, the Freemasons—you know, whoever you want to—you know, whoever you want to say—it all leads back to Rome. They—they they didn't get what they wanted on this. So now that they're attacking Russia, now that that they are going after this whole Russian issue between Russia and Ukraine, the United States has imposed sanctions. They've imposed sanctions upon Russia, and Russia happens to be one of our largest agricultural uh, importers into the United States. So, some commentators uh, like Tucker Carlson and others, and remember, this is this is mainstream media, okay? So, mainstream media, whether they're Fox or whether they're CNN, it doesn't matter. They're the same thing. They're gonna tell you, like prophets, you know what's gonna happen. And, and 
they have an agenda behind the things that they're saying. They're, they're being spoon-fed, in other words, the things that they're going to tell you. So, for instance, I saw recently Tucker Carlson was mentioning that there are going to be increased taxes, inflation is going to continue to increase because of the sanctions, gas prices are going to continue to go up, but most importantly, food shortages are expected here in the United States and probably Canada as well very, very soon. Now think about what we've been discussing in the French Revolution. If you haven't listened to those, I highly suggest it's a three or four part, I think it's four parts actually, little mini-series that we had here discussing exactly what happened during the French Revolution. The, the straw that breaks the camel's back in the French Revolution is food shortages. Food shortages. So they... For instance, in 1789, when the war actually broke out, or the revolution actually broke out, they actually had a good yield that year. The year before, they didn't. But that year, 1789, they had a, they had a good harvest. But for some reason, the supply lines were not getting the products to the markets. So the bread was not available. The people couldn't eat bread. And that was one of the things that really tipped people over the edge. Now, survivalists, they talk about this stuff all the time, that if there was any, if there was ever a, a apocalypse sort of scenario where there was type of food shortages, they say that three days to animal. That's the expectation, that when civilization loses food, that people that are not prepared for it, which these survivalists, they, they prepare, they're like doomsday preppers they prepare these these different ways they learn these skills in order to find food in the woods and things like that uh, which I'm not totally against but I don't think that we should be stocking up a bunch of things either however that's not really the main point of what we're discussing here but they what they all agree on is it takes about three days for people that who are unprepared uh, for an apocalyptic scenario where there's food shortages before they will start murdering people. Three days of not eating before they are willing to kill other people in order to feed themselves. So keep that in mind. Also keep in mind, folks, the media, the media, the media. There's a double-sided coin to this. The media clearly, um, if anybody has been paying attention to any type of independent news media outlet like the Epic Times um, or others, it's very clear that the media have been lying for the last two years about COVID. They lied about how, um, how serious it was. They lied about the numbers of people that were killed. They lied about the effectiveness of the vaccines. They lied about the people and are still lying to this day about people who have been impacted negatively by the vaccines so we can't trust them now the other side of that coin is we we have a tendency to see what the media is doing and I say we as in people who have a correct view of prophecy and the world okay and that people that are seeing things through the prophetic lens they're not they're not just seeing with their eyes they're seeing the spiritual battle going on if you if you understand what I mean but there's a tendency sometimes, there's a danger, if you will, that 
whatever the media says, the exact, the exact opposite must be true. And that's not always the case either. Sometimes, actually most of the time, the reason why the devil is so good, so successful at what he does is that he mingles his lies with truth. So there's a, there's a truth, a tiny little kernel of truth that he anchors his lies on. And because that truth is there, because that truth is there, many swallow the entire poison pill. So I was reading an article, and this is kind of what made me think about some of this stuff. It was by Sean Wilcock. This guy also wrote a book called Jesuit Hollywood. Um, but this was an article in uh, Bible Based Ministries, March 22nd, 2022. And this is what he says about the papacy's involvement with Ukraine. He says this, the Jesuit Pope Francis I predictably came out on the side of Ukraine. He said, there is no military operation, but a war which shows death, destruction, and misery. Saying this, Francis was deliberately contradicting the Russian claim, for Russia called it a mere military operation. On the 24th of February, Francis took the extremely unusual step of visiting the Russian embassy to the Vatican, instead of simply calling the Russian ambassador, as is usually done. While there, he spoke with Putin. He did not visit the Ukrainian embassy, but he called Ukraine's Prime Minister Zelensky two days later. Francis has met with Putin on three occasions, and other high-ranking prelates have visited Putin in Russia in recent years. On the 13th of March, Francis again condemned the invasion, saying, Rivers of blood and tears are flowing in Ukraine. The Holy See is ready to do everything to put itself at the sacrifice of this peace. And with an aching heart, I add my voice to that of the common people who implore the end of the, who implore the, end of the war. In the name of God, listen to the cry of those who suffer and put an end to the bombings and, and the attacks. In the name of God, I ask you, stop this massacre. He said as he sent two cardinals to Ukraine to serve and help. Now, knowing what we know about the papacy and their involvement in all these different wars and the, the absolute bloodshed uh, that they are responsible for and that Revelation chapter 18 verse 24 says, this is a sick, twisted, evil, deceptive, uh, nasty, abomination of a statement because they are responsible and they are solely responsible for the rivers of blood and tears that are flowing in Ukraine. Folks, make no mistake. Putin, clearly, he has visited with the Pope recently, in the last couple months, a number of times. He's probably taking orders, folks. He probably is. If he's gone rogue, if he's gone rogue, then he's going to reap the whirlwind, just like Daniel chapter 11 says. But that doesn't mean Ukraine's the good guy or the bad guy. They're both bad guys. And you know, you know who is, you know who is the, the actual true victims here? The people. The Ukrainian people that have been invaded and are being destroyed. I mean, at work, they, they show videos that you can't really find online. And I, I haven't looked at any of them, but I've heard of, you know, people just civilians in their in their vehicles mothers families uh, just being completely gunned down by coax 
uh, machine guns from tanks, from Russian tanks. It's, it's, it's sad at what's going on, and we should be praying for these people. But not with, not with the, not by joining up with the Pope on this. Now, also another, another King of the North connection, if you will. This is from the Catholic News Agency, March fourth, twenty twenty-two. Um, the title of the article is called "Many Seeing Luminous Angels Over Ukraine," says Major Archbishop. Now, the Archbishop there, in I believe he's in Kiev. His name is Svyatosle Sechuk. That's S H E V C H U K. If you want to look it up. Now he's been claiming that many people have told him that they've seen luminous quote luminous angels over the land of Ukraine. He said, "We perceive today that the archangel Michael." That is actually the patron saint of Kiev. So, and we understand that to be Jesus Christ. So, think about how insane this statement is. Anyways, he says, We perceive today that the Archangel Michael, together with the whole heavenly host, is fighting for Ukraine. So many people from throughout Ukraine are turning to me saying that they saw luminous angels over the land of Ukraine. So, now we're starting to see. We have a religious element here. So we have religion versus communism. Folks, that is a battle between the king of the north and the king of the south. Now, is this going to be the battle? We don't know. Because in World War II, Hitler invaded Hitler invaded Russia. And the Germans did the same thing in World War I. So there was a communist versus, you know, the the... Roman Catholic-backed Nazis in the past, and that turned out to be nothing. So we don't, we don't really know. We don't know how this is going to end up. But I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, as I always say. And could it be? Yes, it could. That's the thing. That's the thing that we should perk our ears up about and perk our eyes up about, keep, uh, and pay a little bit of attention to this. We are running out of time, folks, as a people. We are running out of time. We have a King of the North connection and a King of the South connection clearly here. Um, where is it going to end? We don't know. I want to also lay down a principle here from Daniel chapter 11, verse 27 through 28. Actually, a couple Bible passages. And it says, Both of these kings' hearts, that's the King of the South and the King of the North, shall be to do mischief. So, according to the Bible, as a principle, as a rule, now, this was talking about pagan papal Rome at this point in history. So, but it's establishing a principle here that the king of the south and the king of the north, neither of them are good guys. Okay? So it says, both of these kings' hearts shall be to do mischief, and they shall speak lies at one table, but it shall not prosper, for yet the end shall be at the time appointed. And then if you look at Daniel, if you jump ahead to Daniel chapter 11, verse 40, and it says, At the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him. The king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships, and he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. And actually, as it goes on, it says, And the land of Egypt shall not escape. So what does a whirlwind mean? 
Well, if you go to Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 19, there's other passages you could look at as well. It says, Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury. Even a grievous whirlwind, it shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. So a whirlwind is a symbolic term for massive destruction. So the king of the south pushes at the king of the north, and then a whirlwind is reaped. Now we know that the original fulfillment of this was when atheistic France came in and deposed the pope, took away his papal states, and he died in exile. However, in the last days, we, can, we should expect a similar situation, a pushing of the king of the south, and then we can expect the whirlwind. Will this be um, a World War III situation? Will this be the king of the north finally uh, bringing his whirlwind chariots and horsemen and many ships and overflowing and passing over and the, and the land of Egypt not escaping? Is this going to be the fulfillment of that? I don't know. I don't know. We don't know the exact details of all the things. We just know the events that will actually take place. Now, there's many microcosms of events, and I think the devil want, likes to do that to make people think that either A, um, prophecy has been fulfilled and they don't need to look for it anymore, or B, that uh, the prophecy is never going to be fulfilled because you have, all these, you have all these times where it comes close to happening and then it just doesn't happen. So I think that happens for those reasons. So we won't really know, and really until until we're seeing the final stages of this thing happen, then then we'll know that yes, this was the whirlwind. This was the whirlwind. Now the media is pushing right now a Russia bad, Ukraine good sort of narrative, and you know it's ironic. It's ironic that this vast gulf between the Republicans and the Democrats on all these stupid cultural issues. Now, now they're both in agreement. They're both in agreement. Think about that. Chuck Schumer in full agreement with, with many of these other people, Lindsey Graham and some of these other people on, on the right. Their only critique that I've heard from the right is that Biden hasn't been hard enough on Russia, right? It's very clear. The writing on the wall is very clear. If you know these politicians, they're going to send your sons and your daughters into war. That's what they're going to do. And the new boogeyman is Russia. And that doesn't mean Russia's because, because they're painting Russia to be a boogeyman, the boogeyman. That doesn't mean Russia's not actually bad. He is. Putin is actually bad. But we have to understand we're being manipulated here. The whole COVID thing, the Great Reset and all that stuff, it didn't, it didn't work out. Rome didn't get what they wanted to. So now they have to starve us. They have to cut off the food supply. They have, to, they have to get us involved in this war and keep our eyes focused on everything except for our personal salvation and the salvation of others. The darkness around us is thickening. And if we, if we look away from Jesus and look at the darkness that's around us, we will be overcome with grief. So let's not do that. One of the things I found here was from Ilana Mercer, a journalist, 
title of the article is Uncle Sam Still King of All Invaders, Ukraine, Real Politic, and the West's Failure by, Un's by the Un's Review. This is March 3rd, 2022, talking about uh, the pathetic the pathetic coverage of the media and how they're painting this, really across the world, the way they're painting this. They're all in lockstep. That should make you think. So she says this, the hypocrisy and sanctimony playing out over the corporate media outlets about Putin's savagery, savagery is galling. For example, on February 28th, Sean Hannity proclaimed that a murdering thug of a leader who invades a sovereign country and kills innocent people needs to know that he will be forthrightly removed. Mark Esper, Trump's defense secretary, concurred. For the sake of what is decent in the world, seconded Senator Ben Cardin, a Democrat, Putin must be taken out. Putin is a savage, all right, and his is a war of aggression. But how dare we? If Putin belongs in the Hague's International Court of Justice, so do Genghis Bush, Dick Cheney, Condi Rice, and their countless culprits. America is still the undisputed leader in attacking sovereign nations and killing their kids. Russia's foreign meddling since the early 90s is insignificant by comparison. And I would have to, I would have to agree, folks. I would absolutely have to agree. Is the United States going to be suckered into another war where they are now meddling and going against the Monroe Doctrine, by the way? The Monroe Doctrine basically stated that, you know, Jefferson, Monroe, Madison, they all discussed how the European, the European powers are always getting involved in wars with each other. And they're always asking for allies and they're always looking to America and trying to get them involved in some war over there. Well, the Monroe Doctrine basically stated, the Atlantic, you stay on your side of the Atlantic, we'll stay on ours. We're not to be involved in their wars, and they're not to come over here and meddle in our stuff either. That was the Monroe Doctrine. That has not been followed. That has clearly not been followed. And the United States is the one going to all these different countries like Iraq, there's something like 200,000 plus, that's a conservative number, of people that were killed there. Um, you know, some were terrorists, of course. Some of them were. And I served in the United States Marine Corps. And I support our troops. I was I was a troop. I went to Afghanistan. Uh, but to say, that, to say that the invasion of Iraq was justified? No. We were told that there were weapons of mass destruction over there. There weren't. There weren't, and we went over there and totally massacred that country. And even after we found out that there weren't weapons of mass destruction, we still didn't leave. So I want to point out, because, again, there's people that, that see the hypocrisy of this all, and then they, they think Putin's a good guy. They think that he's gone he's gone rogue and he's gone against the Pope, which is possible. Um but that he in he in and of himself is is kind of like becoming like a JFK sort of figure. Uh, no, I don't think so at all. The fact of the matter is, George Soros has been involved with Russia for a number of years. This is a quote from George Soros himself in an article titled "Vladimir Putin Gone Rogue Raises the Risk of World War III." This is in the Daily Maverick the 11th of March, 2022, at dailymaverick.co.za. 
George Soros says this, I set up a foundation in my native Hungary, and then I actively participated in the disintegration of the Soviet Empire. I set up a foundation in Russia, and then did the same in each of the successor states. In Ukraine, I established a foundation even before it became an independent country. I also visited China in 1984, where I was the first foreigner allowed to set up a foundation. So he's been involved with Ukraine, he's been involved with Russia and China, all the players in this game right now. Not to mention, we know that George Soros' true boss, whether he goes through the Rothschilds first or something, whatever, doesn't matter, is Rome in the end. So Russia is not the good guy, even though in there was a recent speech by Putin where he's quoting parts of the passages of the Bible. Remember that this is the same guy who's involved in the KGB. This is the same guy who he allows freedom of religion because he controls the freedom of religion there. So and you got to also remember he's the he's the regardless of how you want to look at it, he is the aggressor here. He might not like the the US and NATO and EU sort of alliance that's going on between Ukraine, but you can't tell another country what to do. You can't. So the this invasion into Ukraine. Now, one thing would be just the invasion. But if you if you are even hearing about some of these these videos online that you know that I don't know they're not showing them on the on the mainstream media but there are civilians just being slaughtered absolute innocent people families children just being slaughtered by who by the Russians by the Russians so there is no good guy here now again will this will this be the fulfillment of the last few verses of Daniel chapter 11 which will jump into Daniel chapter 12 will it be we don't know, folks. We don't know. Nobody knows. And if somebody's telling you that they know, they're either trying to sell you something or trying to deceive you or they're deceived themselves. There, there's, there's no way we could know this beyond the shadow of a doubt. We, we, are, we are the watchers. We are the watchmen on the walls of Zion. We watch. Um, and that's what, that's what we should be doing today. So as you see this, this play out, Pay close attention to the role of the papacy in mediating and rallying troops or whatever they do, a new crusade they may call or whatever. Keep your eyes peeled and we'll have to see what happens. We'll, but in the end, in the end, it's getting very clear, folks, that we are taking, we are taking broad steps closer and closer to the final events of this Earth's history. And we should not waste any time whatsoever in spending time with the Lord each and every day in devotion time and getting this message out to other people and keeping the eight laws of health. So I'm out of time. I'm Cody Moore. You've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio. God bless.